Hi, I'm Ramon Lowe, the publisher of Airport Experience News and the host of this podcast. Make sure to please subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. Or you can listen on your computer at airportxnews.com slash podcast. Anyway, for the next few episodes, I will be focusing on some pretty future-focused topics that I believe the airports can certainly benefit from if uh, we as an industry aren't already thinking about them. In fact, these are topics that uh, have been part of the discussion of the advancement of many things for quite some time now. So, in this episode, which is episode 46, I speak with Julia Dietmar. She is the Chief Product Officer of View.ai, which is a company who offers traditional retailers a suite of AI-focused, enhanced... Look, it's about artificial intelligence. And Julia and the company are helping traditional retailers such as Macy's, really extend their life and their reach. And it's no more appropriate now because the June issue of Airport Experience News is actually about retail. So please make sure you get your copy. Anyway, Julia and I uh, touch a bit on airports, but really look at how tech and various innovations can enhance experiences because as you'll hear, she just keeps going back to the word experiences. Anyway, here is my conversation with Julia Dietmar. So I'm joined today by Julia Dietmar, the Chief Product Officer of View.ai, which is an intelligent retail automation platform powering dynamic personalization and shopping experiences for millions of consumers in over 180 countries. Julia, thanks for taking time to speak with me. Thank you for having me. So a few reasons why I wanted to chat with you is because I've been looking at AI or artificial intelligence and, and retail and how those two can be melded together in some way and then um, selfishly looking to apply them in airports, specifically airport retail, because that's kind of a bit of a challenge for our industry. You know, um, we are always looking for ways to get people to purchase just like anywhere else, right? Um, but in airports, food, you always need food. Uh, travel essentials like bottles of water, snacks, electronics, et cetera. Uh, you can, uh, there's always, there's never much of a trigger for that, but the special retail is a bit more challenging and it's tough because airports, uh, have remade their programs to include luxury items, local items, et cetera, you know, not just your typical souvenirs, you know, we still have that as well. So, uh, before we jump into that, I'd, I'd love to get your perspective, uh, of just explaining what AI or artificial intelligence is and how that's used in the retail space. Sure. Um, AI in broad terms is a, a computer system that can emulate a task that normally has been done by a human or requires human intelligence. And there's been um, a lot of research, obviously, in the area. And then recently, in, 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 in the last years, number of years, we started um, dealing with something called machine learning, which is more of the statistical models. And it's not quite AI because it's based on more of the statistics, not true intelligence. And that has slowly evolved into deep learning. And now we're working on something called general intelligence that um, basically requires inferences, right? So knowing uh, something about uh, one thing, you can make inferences about another thing. Okay. And, and this is where we're actually trying to get to. Um, so right now, uh, most of the AI is still kind of a deep, um, deep learning, machine learning, but we're, we are slowly moving towards the generalized intelligence. So basically, it knows what we feed it. So if, if it knows that I like um, Nike, basketball, uh, athletics, then it's going to promote 
things that it, might trigger those items. Exactly. And that maybe it will be a little bit more advanced uh, as in it knows that you like certain brands or certain styles of brands and it will feed you information about maybe other brands that you might also like and assist you in uh, brand discovery and product discovery. And um, uh, specifically for what we are doing in fashion is we're really trying to understand each customer's individual's taste and style and provide recommendations based on that, not based on what other thousand people have done, but really based on your individual preferences. Excellent. So how essential is this now? Is it, I mean, um, we, before we start recording, I mentioned Amazon mm-hmm. and um, obviously I'm sure a lot of these advances are uh, not a direct response to Amazon, but I mean, we have to admit that Amazon's kind of, um, <laughs> impacted, I'll say that gently, uh, impact some of the retailers on the street side and it's, it's, it's making their way into our, uh, our world as well. So I'm assuming that the personalization and kind of like the, um, the more targeted selling, I guess, uh, are good aspects to the AI and retail. Yeah, absolutely. Amazon uh, absolutely has influenced a lot of this and uh, a lot of what's going on in the industry is sort of in response to what Amazon has pioneered. Um, but if, uh, I mean, all of us are shoppers and, uh, of Amazon and um, uh, my, my household, we all shop off of the same account. We have uh, one household Amazon Prime account and all of us shop of the off of the same one. So it's very, very difficult to understand um, probably each individual's preferences, but you can, because everything, we buy a ton of stuff on Amazon from pet food to household goods to drone parts to robotics parts, because that's where, what my, my son is into, um, uh, school supplies, all kinds of stuff, right? So... Um, obviously there is enough in there to uh, make inferences about a household, but probably um, not enough to make inferences about each, each individual within the household. And um, uh, I personally do not buy any apparel or fashion on, on Amazon besides um, uh, basics, maybe just like socks, underwear, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but for categories um, that are more visual and more emotional, um, I think we need a little bit more advanced algorithms. So Amazon, um, if you shopped on Amazon, it's, it's really good at recommending um, products based on what, have, um, what other users have done, right? Mm-hmm. So you've seen people who bought this also bought that, people who viewed this also viewed that, people buy these things together. So it's, it's really good at um, kind of making recommendations uh, that way and this it is, it is basic, uh, based on pure statistics. And sometimes um, there are misses, right? Sometimes I remember that I, I was, uh, we were traveling to China a few years ago and I was looking for some travel books. And then uh, I was receiving recommendations for travel books in China, even six months after I came back, which was not relevant anymore, right? <laughs> so uh, uh, things, like, things like that sometimes um, uh, seem annoying, but, you know, there, there, is, there is merit uh, in that um, also. Um, and of course, you know, we've all heard, heard stories that, you know, I bought a vacuum cleaner and then I'm still getting recommendations <laughs> of vacuum cleaners. I mean, vacuum cleaner thing. So things like that, that's, that's uh, what more, more of advanced um, um, recommendation systems are, are trying to achieve. 
Yeah, I don't need another Dyson, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> Unless you have multiple houses, then. <laughs> well, I'm not in that category, but yes, I, I've got a Dyson, but I don't need an, a fourth or fifth Dyson. <laughs> um, so talk about a little bit about uh, a view AI and what uh, services you have, because I, I was on your site and it looks like it's, it's it handles a lot of what you were speaking to, a lot of the personalization, a lot of the stuff that's very visual and maybe tailoring to personal tastes, probably a lot more or a higher level than what maybe Amazon provides, correct? Yes, yes, absolutely. So um, view.ai is a, a AI platform that is based on computer vision. So computer vision assists us in, in advanced image analytics, meaning that we can uh, really extract a lot of information from product imagery. And that is very important in categories that are visual categories, like think, uh, think about fashion, think about home decor, um, furniture, you know, things like that, where customer's taste is very, very important. And um, what we started doing, um, we started with the premise that personalization or true individualization is not segmentation, mm -hmm. meaning that you probably have a friend who on paper looks very much like you. Uh, you probably live in, uh, you might live in the same neighborhood, your houses look the same, um, you probably have like a similar income, maybe you work in a similar industry and uh, your behavior, you may, maybe you even drive the same type of a car, but your closets might probably look very, very different. Um, meaning that your taste in furniture, your taste in clothes, your taste in how you decorate your house is very different. Even, even if everything else uh, is seemingly very, very similar. So we're trying to understand um, each customer's individual tastes and then provide um, this really rich experience when they're shopping for um, items like clothing or, or home decor. So what it means is that not only we are trying to understand uh, what colors and patterns you like and what silhouettes of shirts and shoes and and trousers you like, but we're also trying to understand how you pair the different things together and mm -hmm. how you wear things for different occasions. And then we're trying to also provide you recommendations of additional outfits or ensembles of um, of clothing that you can you can wear um, uh, for different events throughout your day, and um, uh, the way it's helping our clients is let's say uh, a retailer sells you a shirt, um, and then uh, a week later, by knowing what you like and what's potentially what's in your closet, what you bought from them before, they can send you recommendations saying, "Hey Ramon, you bought this shirt from us." last week and here are additional things that you can pair with it for different occasions this is how you could wear it to an office and this is how you could wear it to a um, coffee date or whatever that is it's basically going if you think about um, how retail and how retail experience used to be before internet before big box stores there it was, was very, a time very personal. <laughs> there, there was a time and yes. it was very very personal right you would go to the same butcher and your butcher would know exactly what cuts of meat you like and you would know your milkman and you the person who delivered your eggs and you would go to the local clothing store and they would know everything about you what you own and they would call you when something would arrive that fits your style and then um after the big box stores and especially internet we just kind of become we became users basically right mm -hmm. who else 
calls customers users, which is kind of <laughs> at least not to their face. <laughs> exactly. Um, so and 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 I think uh, where we're going with the whole in retail industry is kind of going back to that experiences, um, experiential retail with the uh, added benefit of wide assortment that's available online right so now you have depth and breadth of assortment and uh, um, if ai gets to the point when we can really figure out um, uh, and really understand each individual's um, preferences very very deeply um, then then hopefully we'll get we'll get to that kind of a old experience old level of experience with, with assortment that the modern technology provides. So at this point, we're, it's feeding off of what it just knows of us or what we provided, correct? I mean, but then it's taking other, other forms of data, maybe the time of the year, um, you know, office leisure versus, you know, regular leisure, et cetera. Um, so there's obviously much more room to grow. And this is going to evolve or continue to evolve. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to the time where I open my closet and my closet is like a typical woman's closet. It's, it's overfilled and I probably wear maybe only 30% of what I have in there. Because, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because it's, um, uh, you're in a hurry, you're in, uh, it's morning, you're just like, what do I wear? So it would be uh, amazing if you open your closet or um, somewhere on your phone or on some sort of device, it would say, hey, it would know what my calendar looks like, it would know what, where I am, uh, what the weather is like, and it would just give me options right away so I don't have to think and look mm -hmm. for what am I wearing. So, uh, and then also, if you, if you think about it even, even further, uh, the seventy percent of the closet that I don't wear, like I need to get rid of it somehow. I need to clean it. So it might, you know, I might be uh, suggested uh, to. It might be suggested to me that there are um, other people who want what I have, um, uh, or um, you know, ways to kind of dispose of the clothes responsibly. How do I recycle it? Um, or uh, provide even recommendations um, of things that I don't have enough of, right? Uh, because it knows what I have, it knows what I wear, what I don't wear. This is kind of definitely a little bit, um, a little bit out there and futuristic, but we're we are working on, on technology that will enable all of these experiences. Excellent. So um, I, I should have asked this uh, a little earlier, but could you talk about maybe some of the retailers that you work with and, and, and in what capacity? Yeah, so we work with uh, uh, retailers around the around the globe, uh, big and small, both. Um, some examples of uh, big ones are Macy's. Um, for Macy's, what we're doing is we're helping with cleaning up um, uh, data about product information data inside their catalogs. So if you think about big boxes, big box retailers like Macy's, especially traditional ones who existed long before the days of the internet, mm -hmm. the relationship, they have multiple suppliers, right? And the relationship with suppliers was such that suppliers just need to send in physical product and information that, that came with the product was maybe, uh, maybe a SKU number and maybe like a very um, high level description, maybe just the brand and the category and maybe color. So there was not a lot of information about the product that that uh, that that was needed because 
uh, there was a physical good that came. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when internet came, um, you needed to provide a lot of information to the customer to be able to make a decision about the purchase. And um, not a lot of suppliers were actually equipped to provide that information because of the traditional ways of how they were working with these big box retailers. Um, so this whole pro- process of product onboarding or digitizing products came, came about. And for uh, large uh, traditional customers like Macy's, it does take a lot of manual effort because yeah. you need to take pictures of the samples <laughs> and then you need to, a person to actually sit down and figure out all of the attributes of the product and enter it into some system. And, and it, uh, it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. And of course, there are human errors in the process. And um, uh, I actually used to work for, uh, for another big box retailer and we, where we had suppliers who had poetic names for their colors. They would call um, a color tangerine sunset. And it's, it's orange, right? Nobody, <laughs> no, nobody actually um, searched for shirt in tangerine sunset. You want an orange shirt, you would search for an orange shirt. So, so you can imagine how those incomplete uh, data, uh, incomplete data and inconsistency in data uh, really affects online uh, product discoverability, which results in loss of sales. And this is what we're helping with. We are um, ingesting product imagery and we are extracting rich product attributes from those images. We're looking for, um, and then we're standardizing across suppliers, right? And then the product mm-hmm. attributes, um, there are a lot of them. So it, it goes from, you know, cal- colors and patterns and kind of simple things like that to down to silhouettes and the type of uh, uh, neckline and the length of the sleeve and design details. So we're extracting a lot of, a lot of information. And then that information, yes, of course, it's used in, in search and browse and product discovery, but we're also using that information to then understand based on customer behavior, all those little uh, intricacies of um, uh, attributes that you uh, have affinities towards and then mm-hmm. what you actually dislike. So we can figure out from how you're browsing and how you're buying that you are, for example, somebody who never buys anything with zippers visible zippers right or mm-hmm. you know i'm just making this up but it could be it could be it could be anything or you prefer certain necklines or certain lengths of sleeves and things like that so yeah so kind of going back to your question macy's is um as one of the clients that we're specifically working on this problem we're working with um uh, uh startups there is uh, actually the in- very very interesting uh, use case uh, for a, st- a startup out of San Francisco called ThreadUp. They are a secondhand uh, clothing marketplace. And uh, being secondhand, they are, have zero information about products, right? Um, it's, um, they just basically have a garment that somebody sends them to sell. And uh, how do you, I mean, they, they do photograph it, but then everything else um, is very, very manual. So we're helping, we're helping with catalog. Uh, clean up there, um, plus product recommendations for for their clients because they have, um, I think right now they're up to a million products on their website and nobody can sift through that many products. You yeah. guys are a one-stop shop basically. Then if, if, if for like 
you know, like Macy's, you just, they, you handle everything from soup to nuts for them. Yes, we, we, we are. Yeah, we can be a one-stop shop, especially for, um, uh, for uh, uh, apparel companies mm-hmm. we, or companies that sell, sell clothing. Um, yeah, we, we always start with product um, catalog cleanup and, and digestion. Then we use that information, as I said, in uh, understanding uh, customers' preferences. We, we create for every, every customer on the site, we create something we call style profile. And based on that, we provide recommendations of products. We provide also recommendations of uh, outfits, which helps retailers to increase their basket sizes and customer retention. And kind of, it's, it's a very, very effective way to increase repeat uh, visits to the site and yeah. repeat purchases because you're, you're really showing your customer that you understand them and you're not recommending just the random stuff. You're recommending products that are based on what they already own, right? And then we also, um, there is um, actually another product which we have um, uh, recently launched that is really helping with uh, cutting costs associated with uh, product photography on models. Um, so we, we all know that if you show a product on a uh, on person's body, it sells better than if it's a lay flat or a hanger shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very, very expensive, obviously. So um, we've developed technology that um, given a, an image of a garment generates an image of a person wearing that garment. So you that- have... I'm sorry to cut you off. So you, you guys have essentially a suite of products that some retailers can use a la carte, let's just say, to apply. If they wanted the, um, this virtual model to see you know, certain clothing, et cetera, on a model, there's, there's a product for that. If it was the cataloging, there's a model for that. Is that, is that accurate? That's absolutely accurate. But of course, everything uh, kind of works together. Those of our clients that um, use more than one or maybe the whole suite they realize it, there are synergies there, right? So you you definitely get a lot more uh, from using multiple products than just one at a time. So uh, you mentioned earlier when, when we started uh, speaking that um, this is kind of going back to the days when you had that personal touch, that personal service of recommendations, et cetera. Um, you know, apparel is kind of personal. You know, people mm-hmm. are particular to certain um, materials, uh, fits, etc. Was there ever is that is that difficult? I guess to bridge the gap of seeing it on a screen, maybe, or and having it recommended to you as opposed to actually being there. Because I guess I'm trying to um, find a way to um, bridge the gap between uh, showrooming, you know, being in, in a physical store, and and then obviously, you know, seeing and being triggered to buy something online through mm-hmm. your lens that you guys are uh, providing. Yeah, um, and and we do know that apparel was kind of slow in in adoption f- for mm-hmm. online purchases. I mean, still majority of clothing is bought in stores, not not online. But online sales are growing, mm-hmm. and they're growing uh, exponentially. And that is, I think, that is coming mainly from the fact that people are. Um, trusting more mm-hmm. um, that, and then of course uh, being able to. Uh, to receive it, try it on in the privacy of your own home, and then return it if it doesn't fit or yeah. it doesn't look great. Um, that is a big, big, big factor in this decision making. But um, what we are seeing is as um, advances in technologies are made um, in a way that products are recommended based on 
customers' individual preferences, customers are starting to trust more and more. Um, and we're seeing not only increase in intent to purchase, but also uh, in some cases, um, decreases in returns. So we were, uh, just one example, we were helping one of our customers, large department store in Spain, um, to generate images of handbags on models. Um, and, um, and handbags are um, interesting because you could potentially have a same handbag available in different sizes. And although sizes are published on the website, it's very difficult to visualize how, what exactly will look like mm -hmm. uh, and, and against my body. I am petite. I am like a bigger person. Like what is it, what is it going to look like? And when you actually show it um, on the model on body, um, people have a lot better ways to visualize it, which obviously increases their intent to purchase if they wanted to get something like this, but it also decreases retur returns tremendously. So for that particular customer, they have, um, they have received uh, really not, not just the great feedback from their, um, their customers on the experience, but also uh, purchases went uh, up and then returns went down. So this is just one, one technology, one use case, but um, this is kind of this kind of creating this trust between the customer and the retailer. You know, this is this is going to be a blanket statement in in terms of retail on the street in general. You know, it is struggling a little bit, but is a service like yours or maybe others um, a way to extend their life or at least to provide a different channel by which people uh, a customer can access their their products uh, in, in a way? Yeah, but I think it all kind of comes comes back to that experience, experiential um, way of interacting with customers, right? It's uh, there's so many choices right now, and there is no more uh, loyalty, so to speak, <laughs> right? So especially millennials, we're all reading these articles and studies about how millennials behave and 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 the Gen Z that's coming after them. There is no loyalty to brands and there is no switching cost for them. So the way to really provide that experience in a way that, yeah, we do understand there is no loyalty, but how do we bring them back? Mm -hmm. We don't need to expect them to be loyal, but they, we want them to come more than once or more than twice or, or increase their you know, frequency of purchases. And how do we do that? We do that by, yeah, uh, yes, price is always a big factor in it but i think experience is going to be a bigger factor because not everybody can compete on price and uh, we're seeing a lot of um i'm seeing actually a lot of businesses popping up that are all about transparency they're all about bringing um kind of a, a products direct to consumers from from direct from manufacturing um, not even branded anymore, but just about quality. Everything is about experience. So I think that is where um, where retailers actually have still have a really good chance to um, survive, if not win against Amazon. Things like things like household goods and pet supplies and you know kind of everyday items. Sure. You cannot beat convenience, but things that you do not buy uh, on the whim uh, and you um, have a little bit more, uh, put a little bit more thought into uh, um, 
I'm going back to the visual categories like home decor and, and furniture. I think experience is still going to be a big, big part of this. Looking back at our space uh, for a second, you know, um, we're all about experiences, at least on in a lot of duty-free uh, outlets, you know, it's about pouring a certain scotch or maybe uh, sampling certain confectionery or holding and trying on jewelry, clothing, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of like a pretty loaded question, but, you know, could you see yourself assisting and impacting retailers and airports? Because again, I, I kind of have two categories uh, when it comes to retail, right? There's necessity and scarcity. The necessity stuff is your travel essentials, your bottle of water, bag of chips, your souvenirs, et cetera. Or I'm not souvenirs, but you know, small electronics, et cetera. But the scarcity part of stuff is th- are things that you, they're not readily available. And I think that's what Amazon has done. They've mm-hmm really shrunk the world and made it easy to access or uh, acquire something, (laughs) you know, whatever it is. Whereas if something was truly local, unique, it's almost out of the reach of Amazon, at least for now. So do you see that, uh, you know, uh, a view AI impacting, uh, you know, travelers and air, uh, travelers in airports looking to purchase because there are apparel uh, stores, there are, you know, high-end jewelry, things that would probably benefit from your your services? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, we, we're, we're definitely... Now, this is going to be, obviously, in, when you are at the airport, you're in the physical space. Mm-hmm. So we are um, actively um, working on technologies that will affect experiences in, in stores in the physical space. Um, and um, there are ways that we can understand customer and just kind of bring what we know about the customer into the physical space, uh, whether or not we have seen that person in that particular retailer. Um, so we're working on that. Um, now, uh, specifically about airports, and I, mean, I travel a lot, and, and I do have favorite airports in the world, and, and my, I'll just go go out there and say my favorite airport right now is Singapore. Airport. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I travel a lot to India and I mm-hmm. stop over in Singapore all the time. And I actually look forward to that because it's just a nice airport. There are a lot of experiences. There are gardens, there are movie theaters, there are lots of different things and there are stores, but stores are, I mean, there are, there are nice stores where I actually go to every time because, um, just the smell and the colors and um, and I always buy something there. Not clothing. It's usually kind of something around um, some sort of food or snacks or mm-hmm. um, which is not a necessity. It's just kind of a nice experience. I go there for experience or cosmetic. But the clothing stores, I think we can do definitely a lot more there. Not sure exactly what it's going to be like, but um, I think bringing that kind of emotion into uh-huh. um, into airport uh, shopping is great. And then you were talking about car city, right? Like airport is not the exp- not not a place where you would go to just because, right? You yes. are there because you have to be. <laughs> and um, and but we do always have choices. Like how do we travel? I could go from California to India via different routes. I just choose to go through Singapore. Um, and. Um, uh, you know, there could be something in there that I would not get anywhere else, mm-hmm. right? And I would go there just because of that one experience, just because I could go in, into that one store and buy something 
or something that I cannot get anywhere else or in a way that I cannot get anywhere else. Yeah, for me, it, it, this is the wish part, right? The, the dreaming and I, I'm into science fiction, so I, I love the science fiction aspect of maybe what could be. I guess for me, it's more of you know, knowing what is there beforehand. Oh, there's a great, um, you know, women's apparel that I'd love to get for my wife, or maybe mm-hmm. I'm, I'm shorter in a suit. I'm, you know, I don't want to travel with someone to purchase a tie or something there and seeing myself in that type of, you know, sport coat or, you know, again, I'm trying to meld, I guess, your services with what could possibly be in, in, in our environments. You know, that, that's kind of what I'm, my, where my head is going, because again, you're right. You know, uh, you're in an airport because you're trying to go. You're trying to go from point A to point B. It's not necessarily the points in between. Just unlike where, if I'm going to a Macy's, I'm there to definitely buy clothing or something else. So I guess uh, unique experiences or services such as yours always attract my attention because hmm, how could that work in getting someone to buy another Brooks Brothers uh, suit or to go to a Ferragamo store because they have a great pair of shoes or or whatever it is, you Mm -hmm. know, that kind of thing. Um, that's kind of where my mind is going in all this. Again, it's a lot of wishing, but it's, you know, and, and dreaming on my end, but that's, that's kind of like what I'd like to do. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then if, if, uh, if I did, uh, if I did buy something from a brand and the brand has a presence at the airport and somehow it's known that I'm going to be there. And of course it's known, it's known. We can, we can extract that information from multiple sources. Um, and, and, and we can even figure out how much time I'm going to be able to spend there. There could be a lot of different, um, enticements for the brand to send to me to say, Hey, you're, you're going to be there. Come, you, you bought it from us before. Um, I know just kind of an example. I buy a lot of my skincare products at Singapore airport <laughs> because, I, and, and I, it's usually on the way back home because I have three hour layover and I know uh, I'm going to go there and I'm going to get a great experience. I'm going to get, get great advice. I know where at the airport that area is. So there, there could be a lot of, um, and, and now this is all initiated by me, but there's absolutely no, reason why brands cannot be proactive right and sure. then kind of, yeah but, there, there's definitely a lot of opportunities there but for in your example um mm-hmm. is that is that makeup only specific to uh in singapore is it specific to that airport or is it just is it is it the convergence of um necessity and convenience because you're happen you happen to be traveling oh wait there's my favorite uh you know piece of makeup and, and you'll purchase it i mean or is it maybe all those things um, it's, it's definitely not just available. Uh, it's, it's one of the mainstream brands. Okay. I could, I could buy it in San Francisco at Nordstrom. Right. But, um, it's, it's convenience. It's experience. Experience is a experience. big part mm-hmm. of it because just the way it's set up, just the way that consultation is made. I know that there's not going to be like 10,000 other people at the same time. Um, I could get a mini facial if I choose to, right, at the same time. And, um, and I do spend uh, a lot more money there that I would have been if I just went to like local local department store to buy that cosmetic, uh, to, that, that skincare product. So yeah, I think it's just an experience of it. And, um, and in fact, it's, I, I even find myself thinking when I put out my makeup in the morning, oh, I'm running out of this 
of the, of the scream, uh, I'm going to India next month. I'm going to stop by and buy it there. I didn't, I don't, my mind doesn't even go. <laughs> I need to go to you know, a local department store and, and, mm-hmm. and buy it there just because of this whole experience. So I'm, I'm glad you met, keep mentioning experience. Um, and I love the future looking and future forward aspect uh, of what you're talking about. Do you think it's age specific at all or, or does it not matter? Or, or, or is technology such now or advancements technology, technology is such that we, regardless of age, sex or whatever, that we are all kind of accepting that using um, something that's powered by your services or, or anything else, uh, you know, we're more accepting of that and willing to try and experience that. I think that there's definitely an age, age factor. Okay. Um, but technology is enabling um, everybody. It's just how different age groups are using that technology is different. For example, I, um, I was recently uh, walking uh, down the street in San Francisco with my son and we wanted to eat something. And I said, hey, this restaurant looks good. Let's walk in. And he looked at me like I was from another planet. <laughs> and he's like, how would you even consider walking into the restaurant without reading reviews? <laughs> sure. <And> I, true. <laughs> he, he never walks into any place until he just, you know, Googles the reviews and says, okay, this is 4.7, 300, whatever reviews. Okay, let's go in. It's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, de- it's definitely, age is definitely a factor, I think, because this technology is available to me. And then, yes, I do read reviews on some things, but if it looks good, okay, I'm, I'm willing to try it. I, I don't know. Not. My mom, my, my mom is 68. She can't, she, she has trouble working the cable to, to watch HBO. But if you ask her to buy something on, on, on Prime from her phone, it's there. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a little bit of both. So there are um, younger generations are definitely a lot more technology dependent, I would say, mm-hmm. um, than older generation, but, um, but we're all appreciating what technology can give us. Uh, do you think we would have gotten to this point? If, I, I don't want to keep saying that Amazon was the, you know, the, the tipping point and, and that kind of triggered us to do all this, but like, do you think we would have eventually gotten to, the, to, to implementing AI into things such as retail or food or et cetera on our own? Um, I think we, I think so, but usually, usually there is a, there's a strong trigger, right? Yeah. Um, and, and the trigger is, um, a lot of times it's competition and a lot of times it's, um, fear of missing out. Um, (laughs) so I think that is kind of a big, um, instigator right now, how technology is, uh, is being, um, uh, is evolving. So just a, just a couple more questions and I'll let you go. One of them um, uh, wasn't on the things I had mentioned, but it, it, you got me thinking about so many things at the moment. Uh, I'm going to have to take a, a few minutes after we hang up here. Because again, I'm, I'm going back to, you were mentioning your travels. You love uh, Changi and you always write, you know, make sure to write yourself through there. Do you see, maybe we're there now, um, where there is almost like a profile of who you are so that automatically it knows that Julia is coming through. She always buys this particular makeup and she gets this, you know, uh, this meal or whatever, and it's ready and it's prompting you um, and, and, and hopefully triggering you to, to, to make that purchase, even though you probably will, or maybe accompanying things. Hey, it's, you, you like this color, this shade, 
uh, we're offering this one, you know, that kind of thing. I, I guess I'm trying to find other ways where you're pulling information from all these disparate uh, sources into one thing that will then kind of help you make decide to make a purchase and, and or experience something within an airport. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it would be absolutely amazing if that was the case. And it doesn't have to be in the airport. Just think mm -hmm. about like sure. any, any shopping mall, for example. You go in and you, you said before, right? If you go to Macy's, you have an intent to buy something. You're probably not just there for a pure entertainment. <laughs> so how, how amazing would it be if you were actually uh, shopping for a pair of shoes and you walked into the store and somehow the store knew what you currently own in your closet, what your style profile was, and um, routed you to the department where there are shoes in your style, in, in your price point, and available in that store, and it was ready for you to try on and, and, and you're done, right? Um, so it's, yeah, that would be absolutely, absolutely great. So, Julia, my, my final question for you then is, uh, you know, looking to your crystal ball, um, and it could be something that uh, VIEW is already working on or, or not, but, you know, what do you see as the future of uh, AI and retail? It's going to be all about experience. Definitely, we're going to go back to the age where um, any retailer knows anybody, every customer intimately and individually and all of the product um, experiences and uh, uh, I mean shopping experiences and product recommendations are very very much individualized so the experience uh, whether it's on online or offline at the big retailer small re retailer is all going to start feeling like you know we had 100 years ago like you're walking into your current um, I'm sorry uh, your local um, small shop and then they know you intimately. So for view specifically, um, the um, experience that I kind of described to you, the hypothetical experience mm -hmm. for, um, walking into the store and the store knows um, what you own and what your style is and recommends stuff and then maybe even is ready for you to try on. This is what we're working on. Um, this is something that um, uh, is very exciting and we're uh, trying to really kind of figure out how do we how do we scale it and how do we cover consumers regard, regardless of where they shop. Um, so right now everything is kind of um, confined, so to speak, to an, an individual retailer. But we typically don't shop at one retailer. We shop across um, mm -hmm. different brands and different retailers. So this is this is something that we're working on. Well, Julia, thank you so much for your time, and I appreciate you uh, chatting on the subject. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me.